Hey everyone, on the last two weeks we dove into Facebook from a quantitative standpoint and a qualitative standpoint too. This week we'll go into Alphabet, particularly the qualitative factors. Let's go. Alphabet's qualitative basic premises. As we did with Inditex and Facebook, let's start with the basic premises around the business. The root of searching is getting an answer to something. That can be learning about a new topic or simply knowing which team scored the most last night. Because the user is actively searching in the Google engine, we have a huge difference compared to most social media activity. Thus, a fundamental difference when comparing Alphabet's qualitative factors to Facebook's. That's why their advertisers don't overlap as much as one would think. The users are engaging differently in these platforms. YouTube, on the other hand, is halfway between social media and search. There is both entertaining scrolling and discovering, but you also have to, to type in something to search. Alphabet is more than Google and YouTube, though. We also have Google's cloud services, Google Maps, email, Chrome, Android, to list a few. At the root of all this, it is a great product or great products that many people consider essential today, but 30 years ago, nobody even dreamed of. That leads us to the question, how did they do so many of these great products? Business model. Let's go through their flow process. This is partially inspired by the book How Google Works by the former CEO Eric Schmidt and Jonathan Rosenberg. The first topic is attract smart creatives. And you do that by tackling big problems and creating an innovation culture. Then for new products and markets, you ask, what could be true in five years? You also ask, does it affect hundreds or billions of people? And finally, you ask, is it radically different from the status quo? And this is for new products. For existing products, we have a different approach. And the approach is to get the technical insight. And you do that by using data, how people use the product, and future trends. The... The next step is to build, measure, and learn a product. So you build a product, you test, and you iterate. And finally, in both situations, both for a new product and existing products, they go open source if the product, uh, the product can't thrive by itself uh, and or they market it when it reaches some success and that fuels scale. You can do this exercise of going through all the steps with um, any of their products and see how it flows. For example, Android was an open source solution to fight Apple's operating system and ultimately reducing traffic acquisition costs, TAC or tech, by not having to pay fees nor royalties to have their search engine as a default option. Now that we covered the business model, we'll go to Alphabet's qualitative advantages. Here, as it happens with Facebook, network effects come into place for many reasons, 
and uh, you can have a few examples. The first one is querying the engine means more feedback about what content is more engaging and that improves search results. Then more YouTube users leads to more content being created, which in turn will satisfy the needs of more people. As time goes by, the odds of me finding what I want in Google and YouTube is becoming greater. And finally, uh, increasing number of users also equals more data about them, resulting in more relevant ads. These effects are vital as there are almost no switching costs to most of their products. So they really need to have a superior product. The catch is that it is hard to outpace Alphabet because not only they benefit from these network effects, they also are constantly upgrading the products. You would be better off just disrupting them. The next one is also found in Facebook's qualitative advantages. That is a culture of innovation that attracts talent. Having the top minds of this world working for this company is a truly unique asset. How hard would it be to get a team of great minds working for you? You would have to find them, which is already hard. Then you would have to sell them your vision. And finally, you would have to pay them well. They have been hiring almost 20,000 people every fiscal year. And you can take a look at that by, by uh, checking the written post. And that is on stockpickinginsights.com. You will see a chart. Um, and that chart contains the headcount change. So how many people they hired each year. Um, and also the full-time employees. And you will see that they have been hiring a lot of people increasingly lately. And you will also have a link to Google careers and you can see what types of people they are recruiting. This talent pool is a crucial part of the business, fueling 10x innovation, incremental updates to existing products and adjacent new businesses like cloud services and YouTube. It's what allows them to make great products and by reading further, you will see that that gives them uh, that gives Alphabet leverage when dealing with companies like Apple. So first of all, they have network effects, then they have talent, and thirdly, they have a great brand. Um, that means that any product that Alphabet, ma Alphabet makes under the Google brand is likely to get attention and positive expectations about the product, unlike, for example, Facebook portal. Finally, they have an ecosystem much like Apple. Things work better when you use more of their products. I can use Google Calendar to simultaneously set up a, a meeting event and the Google Meet Room, and that boosts productivity. And this example has a network effect too. If the person I'm meeting with also uses Google Calendar, he or she doesn't have to set up the meeting, it's automatically there if I put uh, his or her email uh, when I set up the, that event. A final note on Google's qualitative advantages is YouTube purchase in 2006. 
YouTube is one of the greatest sources of growth for Alphabet right now, but it all started in uh, 2006. It's crazy to remember that by then you, we had no massification of smartphones, so we would watch videos on computers and DVDs. Adding to it, there was no single place to store all the internet videos, and if you wanted to share a video uh, on the internet, you would have to host it yourself. They saw potential for YouTube to be the, the central platform for hosting and sharing videos and just went in. YouTube has also become such an essential learning tool that it is really hard to see it go for the next decade or two. And the same goes for Google search engine. Um, how to fix a doorknob, how to paint a wall, how to anything basically. Now let's put the management on the spotlight and we'll go into the, the topic great business management. Their track record of business decisions is, uh, I would say, astounding, starting with the Motorola move. And here's a few quotes for context. Our acquisition of Motorola will increase competition by strengthening Google's patent, patent portfolio, which will enable us to better protect Android from anti-competitive threats from Microsoft, Apple, and other companies. And this is... Um, in 2011 and from Larry Page, one of the founders. This next quote is also from a Facebook executive uh, in the same year, 2011, when they bought Motorola. And it says, but in this instance, we thought it was important to speak out and make it clear that we're determined to pre preserve Android as a competitive choice for consumers by stopping those who are trying to strangle it. Both of these quotes represent a move to edge against the current market situation in August 2011. Both Apple and Microsoft were trying to make Android expensive to distribute by suing Google, the licensor, and it all started with the Nortel patent deal. You can have a link for that um, and you can check it out uh, on stockpeakinginsights.com. But that's not what Microsoft uh, EVP said. Brad uh, Smith said, Google says we bought Novell patents to keep them from Google. Really? We asked them to be jointly with us. They said no. Some people also say that um, the Motorola move was a response to Samsung's uh, TouchWiz interface at the time that Samsung had around 20% market share of smart smartphones sold. Um, and that means competing with Samsung and other manufacturers to balance out these power dynamics um, that uh, manufacturers like Samsung have. Whichever reason you think is true, uh, maybe both are true, Google buying Motorola had both of these problems, patents and Samsung, addressed. The first one, because Google retained most of Motorola's patents upon sale. And the second one, with the agreement signed in 2014 with Samsung. And you also have a link for that on the written post. And we can only speculate that in it was an implied uh, 
change of behavior regarding touchries, converging to an Android experience users have been accustomed to. Because touchries was diverging from what Android users were uh, accustomed to. And this was a smart way to manage uh, their issues. Another smart thing that Alphabet does is free products with indirect benefits. The wisdom of realizing the need for some of their products in order to protect their advertising business was also amazing. By looking at Chrome and Android, we can see that a big part of the profit is indirect. These are free to use, but not having to pay third parties to display their search engine or apps saves them a lot of money. By owning Google Chrome, they don't need to pay third parties in order to have the, their search engine as default option. If you consider that Alphabet pays Apple 5 to $12 billion a year to reach uh, all of their devices, and that's uh, 1.65 billion uh, as a time of writing, has a tech TAC or traffic acquisition cost of $32.8 billion and 2.5 billion Chrome users. That uh, altogether means that they would probably be paying 10 to $20 billion a year if Chrome belonged to someone else. And that's a huge portion of tech. And then you have Android. And this open source project was in hindsight determinant for their ample presence in mobile. That alone generates almost $40 billion of Play Store direct revenues, but also grants a spot for their apps in 2.5 billion active devices, the ability to show ads on apps and get user data. The default option is wildly powerful, uh, as it was described in Richard Thaler's uh, book called Nudge. Again, these products are the result of great talent, one of Alphabet's qualitative advantages. A final note on great business management is the purchase of YouTube, and they saw the benefit um, of centralizing all the videos on a streaming platform by hosting them in a single place, as we've said earlier on this podcast, coupled with an already very considerable audience generating 100 million views per day. So it was already uh, something when they bought it. And uh, remember that before YouTube, you would have to host your own videos if you wanted to share them. So they fueled this uh, centralization of, of videos. Alphabet's qualitative hurdles. Some people consider one of Alphabet's qualitative hurdles to be innovation. I'd say it's not a major problem as long as they keep innovating. They rely on incremental and 10x innovation to prosper. And with their size and expertise, they are well positioned to innovate before the competition. So they are, they are staying ahead by doing that proactively. Regulation is a concern for ad companies like Alphabet. Um, and let's see what it says on their 10K. 
this is from their last uh, 10k by the way so 2020 is 10k in particular serious branches of gpdr can result in administrative fines of up to four percent of annual worldwide revenues fines of up to two percent of annual worldwide revenues can be levied by uh, for other specified violations. 4% of full year 2020 revenues is 7 billion. 50% of full year's uh, 2020 net profits. It is a significant amount and likely to occur several times in the next decade, considering they have so many issues and so many laws to comply with. And they are also seen as a monopoly uh, worldwide. But it is not going to put them out of business, so there are more severe risks. On the other hand, one of the biggest Alphabet's qualitative hurdles is competition, with Apple being one of them. Their closed ecosystem and great brand is a fortress. iPhone users are probably higher spenders than Android users, given that they are willing to pay a premium for phones. Although Apple is unlikely to ditch Google's search engine because it's too good of a product, it still costs Google billions each year because they have to pay Apple in order to keep it as a default search engine. Uh, Apple's uh, market share is also tough to take away, reducing Alphabet's potential for growth in areas such as app stores and payments. Apple also looks to differentiate their apps from Alphabet by touting privacy. Alphabet has a reputation for making money from data, much like Facebook. Because Apple doesn't make money selling ads, it is in their best interest to take privacy, uh, the privacy side and to be an alternative to Alphabet's products. At the extreme, they may push these companies so hard that uh, they decide not to be on iOS. That forces Apple to make their own products and risk not uh, being better than the current ones. Another big competitor is Amazon. As Google developed uh, develop, uh, Google Shopping, Amazon specialized on shopping by mastering distribution. This is very significant. People increasingly start, uh, started and, and now start their search, searches on Amazon, not on Google. And as Amazon keeps providing great service, and it, 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 this will only get worse. Not only Amazon gets to steal ad market share from Google and Facebook, they also have the data to show more relevant ads. Google has been giving more and more to vendors in order to to dampen uh, this problem. The conclusion is that Alphabet's qualitative factors make it a great company indeed at the right price. Their biggest competitive advantages are network effects and talent attraction and great talent then leads to great products and innovation. That's it for this week. If you would like to see the written version of this podcast, you go to stockpickinginsights.com. And if you would like to get uh, um, a weekly newsletter email about these written posts, you subscribe to, to, the, to the written posts uh, on the homepage 
I'll start picking inside.com. And we'll see you next week.